Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Hey, this is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And always so hoping you that love go up. I'm there, lovey love. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Blessed. We got Paula P. You got PP? Yep. What's up, lovey love? <laughs> we'll make it happen. Paula, I promise this show, I won't try to turn you against love. Okay, we'll see. Okay, that's a promise. Okay. Paula, the glove said, <laughs> "No, I'll mess with you." <laughs> <laughs> You ain't say nothing, Glove. Why not? Hey, Paula. You know, Paula know what's up. I don't, I don't even have to, you know, say anything, you know. Paula already know the deal. <laughs> well, James, the, the only way you can get us to just blatantly be against each other is if you bring up Barry Bonds and steroid use. That's the only <laughs> issue where Glove and I are com- completely on opposite sides. But other than that, you know, it's all good. You shouldn't have gave me no ammunition. You already know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start off uh, the, the main topic, you know, news that's been out there. Hernandez, they found the gun. Could be linked to two other murders. Are they just this guy? You know, you guys, you think about, do you think they just out to get him? He you do If just out to get him? Yeah. No, I mean if you, I mean if you look at the the evidence against Hernandez, I mean they have I think two other people who are also have already been arrested that are some sort of witness or that they can offer, you know, incriminating evidence. You've got his home video security um, thing that's been tampered. There's a lot. There's a lot of evidence against Hernandez, so I don't think you can say the police are just out to get him. I think they're just crossing their T's, dotting their I's. The prosecution, you know, they're just making, getting everything that they possibly can that's going to be stacked up against them. So now you have a gun, and if they can link him to those two murders, it's, it could possibly be now three murders he could go down for. So, Bob, what do you say? I totally I'm sorry about that, you guys. I totally agree with you there, uh, Paula. As always, you know, you know, good minds think alike, but you know what? I think... He already incriminated himself by his actions early on in the investigation, you know, day, the day after the murder when he went to try to destroy evidence, you know. So, you know, for me, I think they were just looking for the hammer to, nail, to put that nail in the coffin. And I think the gun, because they said the uh, bullets they found at the house, you know, ballistics report, it matches the, the bullets that were fired into the other two men that were killed. So... I think you know the nails in the coffin. I think the young man is done. And then you know, you know, we also think too, if he's now these other two murders had also happened years ago, what else has he done that maybe hasn't even been brought to light? You know, usually when you're out there committing murder and you know you're trying to live that that thug lifestyle, there might even be more than these three, which could eventually, you know, I'm just saying like, it just seems like stuff keeps coming out on Hernandez. 
you know, everybody thought he was a different way. Oh, he's an NFL player, but he was trying to live this thug life doing all this other stuff. So who knows what can end up coming to light against him. See, uh, me and Glove talked today. We kind of see these questions for you, you know, using the field. And we kind of feel, like you said, what else come up? And I think you mentioned today, Glove, that they found some back from um, January the 6th. Why is everything coming up now, P, that they should have had before? You know what I'm saying? Now you build a case back from January 6th. I mean, June 6th. You know, shouldn't all this came before, like? But no, I mean, I mean, just in terms, legally speaking, when you have investigators, you know, a lot of times most cases are solved by witnesses and things that come up. So now you might have more people who are talking, who aren't afraid to say something. They see now he's locked up. You know, so just because it dates back, it's probably taken this long for them to be thorough, do all their investigations, test the gun, test ballistics, that type of stuff. So, no, I don't think, like, the police are planning or nothing. It can just take this long for stuff to come to light, I think. Well, you're right. Do it. Hello? I'm here. Glove's got a lot of static. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I'm moving. Sorry about that. Trying to get to a spot. But, but yeah, no, I totally agree with you, Pete. Um, You know, people don't realize when it's a process, when it has to do with murder, people think, you know, you watch First 48 and and the murder solved in 48 hours. It doesn't happen like that in real life. You know, it's it's a long, tedious process, you know, trying to get all the evidence together, you know, trying to get the ballistics report to match and things like that, you know trying to make sure the bullets that were found in the victim were the bullets that were fired out of the gun, and then trying to find the additional shell casing, whether it be at the crime scene or in, you know, per se, uh, Hernandez's house or in the car or vehicle that he was driving and things like that. So now, you know, James was asking the question, why is it taking so long if this accident happened on June 2nd? And... They found the gun. Well, at the point, at the time that the accident happened, they really didn't know if that gun, because that matched what Hernandez did, because I don't think the crimes had been committed at that time. So now it's just all finally coming together. And, you know, in the next couple of days, we'll hear more and probably possibly some more charges to go against Hernandez. You know, do, do you guys think that they try to make an example? I mean, I know... Uh, Commissioner and everybody just get tired of all the athletes getting in trouble. So you think they're just trying to pinpoint and make an example because the money they have and the trouble they could get out of? You guys agree with that? No. I mean, it just, no. No, it's, no. Trying to make an example of Hernandez? No. I just think it was he's someone who was good enough to play and make it to the NFL. But like I said, he has this other lifestyle going on. You know, when it first came out, they were documenting people he hung out with, he would like to carry guns, this type of stuff. I mean, just because he was a great athlete and could catch, you know, and played well in college, made to the NFL, he was also trying to be like, Mr. Thug, let me hang out with the gang- gangsters. Let me go, you know, hang out at late at night and let's go do sh- shootings and-, and kill people. So I don't think they're trying to make an example of him. I think he's just a, a case of like an athlete gone bad. <laughs> he has, you know, he has a criminal side to him. Well, oh, no, I agree. I, again, I agree. I mean, it's not a matter of being made an example of. It's more of he thought he was above the law, 
and since he was in high school because this this type of behavior just didn't happen overnight. It's been for a period of time. You know, he said once his dad had died, he picked up this negative behavior, which carried you know from his teens through college because there were incidents while when this young man was in college where he was acting out and it was swept under the rug because he was a top-of-the-line athlete. So now, in his adulthood, he's still showing the same behavior, and, and it's not a matter of them making an example. You know, he chose a certain lifestyle and a certain path to go down, and now he's reaping what he sowed by, by acting negative and not, you know, working hard on his craft. So he's done it to himself. It's not a matter of being a, an example. He did it to himself. You, I mean, James McGuire, I mean, you guys played high school football, college, and you know, like high school, you have guys that sometimes they may do things the coach may overlook it because let's just say he's the star quarterback, he's the star receiver. Then you get on to college, same people are doing stuff off the field, and again, a lot of times when they're the star athletes, the coach looks the other way, the athletic director looks the other way, well, now you've now committed like a crime, like a serious crime. We're talking murder. Totally what you said. Prime example, when I was in high school and we were being recruited for college scholarships, I had a couple of guys that I played, played ball with in college that was really good athletes. And every time prospective colleges came in to talk to us, they were always loaded or drunk. And so, you know, after a few few colleges came in and were talking to us, you know, some of the college recruiters were asking me questions like, hey, you know, what, what's going on with those guys? I'm like, hey, that's something you got to ask them. I'm, I'm trying to do myself. I can't, I can't take care of other, you know, teenagers or worry about other guys. I'm trying to get myself to college. So, you know, it's just on the individual and what they want from life. You know, everybody, some people get it and some people don't. Yeah, but he made a, a point, and I want to talk about that. He said these guys hang out and they're third guys, they're friends and all like that. Why give up your friend with these guys, Pete? I mean, you grew up with them. I mean, prime example, the guy that played for the um, San Francisco Giants. What was the um, guy that played in center field? Mitchell? You know what I'm talking about, Pete? Kevin Mitchell. Kevin Mitchell. He's always throw up game signs in the outfield. He stayed with his guy, Emma, you know, with the game. But but uh, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll come right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James. I'm back with Loving That Sports Talk. How you doing, Pete? Yep, I'm here. See, and we got Glove back with that great six hundred some dollar iPhone. They have the best quality of listening and noise, right? <laughs> <laughs> we were jamming him up. Where we be? <laughs> no, not, not we. You were jamming him up. I have an iPhone, so I'm not going to jam the iPhone up. <laughs> let me let, let me apologize to to Sir James Lovin for you know all the uh, static that I had you know off my expensive. $1,000 iPhone 5, you know. <laughs> yeah, get rid of it. Get you one of these flips that I got. <laughs> but, uh, Pete, go ahead before uh, we went to break. Let's talk about, you know, all these guys. You say that thugs, they hang around. I mean, look at Iverson. He bring all his games. I mean, the guys he grew up with, and that thugs, you know. Why should they give up their friendship with these guys? Well, I mean, you're right. I remember when Allen Iverson, there was a time when I think even the, the NBA commissioner was concerned with the guys who were waiting around for him and all this type of stuff. And, I mean, this is the thing. It's like, okay, as a guy, I'm sure you guys probably, since you're little boys, you dream of playing in the NFL. Okay, so I understand you have friends. When you get there, you still want to have these same friends. But for me, if these friends that I have, like if they're going to – um, affect me actually living out my dream and playing in the NFL and being successful, not ending up with charges and arrested. It's like sometimes you may have to cut those friends loose. So I'm not saying all times, you, you know, the NFL players, just because these are boys they grew up with, but they have to make up their mind what's more important, these friendships, smoking weed with them, hanging out, you know, hanging out with gangbangers, throwing up, throwing up gang signs. Is that more important or is it my professional career and my family and that type of stuff. So it, it's a case-by-case basis. I can't say all of them need to cut their friends, but if they have friends who are actually out there committing crimes, they're now starting to commit crimes, you're going down for murder, you know, then they need to make a decision. Do, is this career more important or is this friendship more important? Well, no, you're, you're absolutely right, Pete. 
you know, I was I was taught growing up that, you know, friends, when you say the word friend, a friend is supposed to be there for you, not have you do anything negative. A friend uplifts you and tries to get the best from you. That's what makes a good friend is somebody that motivates you and drives you to greatness or to be a better person or to be a better man, you know, however you want to use the terminology. A friend isn't someone that does things that have you doing anything negative, you know, from a negative standpoint. Now, when you're talking about these athletes, yeah, they they got this keep it real mentality. You know, I'm going I'm to keep it real. So regardless of how many millions of dollars I make, you know, I'm going to still keep it real. I'm going to still keep it in the neighborhood. Yet they go buy these million-dollar homes out in these suburbs, but yet they want to keep it real in the hood. You know, you're given the chance of a lifetime to better yourself, to create a legacy for you and your family. And if you, and if those people you quote-unquote call friends, if they don't understand that and they don't try to get on board and go forward with you, then guess what? Those really aren't your friends, so you need to get rid of them. You know, and that's the sad part about it is a lot of these guys, like he said, have an opportunity, and they don't, they take advantage of it, but they also try to bring that street, neighborhood stuff with them, and that's the downfall for the most of them because here it is, instead of having people doing things around you that are positive, it's creating negativity. You know, remember, Iverson was the one that had the dress code changed in NBA. It was it was him that the David Stern implemented the dress code rule because he's showing up, you know, sagging pants, T-shirts, tattooed up, all that other stuff. So that's corporate America. You gotta you gotta emulate the image that corporate America have, and a lot of these guys weren't doing it. So, so you you tell me, Gloss and Pete, if you grew up with me and I'm still in the, the hood, and you come back. You don't wear a tie suit to come in and tell me, you know, hey, James, you really got to change yourself, you know. And you can't sit back and, like, what you used to do, hang out and, and kick it, play domino, you know, have a beer or two. But you tell me you're not going to do that because you have changed the corporate America? Don't you oh, no, 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 no. I mean, if, if that's all that you're doing, when I, you know, when I come back to our hood and where we grew up and I see you, we can still play dominoes. We can still – we can even still probably drink beer or whatever it is we're drinking – but when you're actually, if, if it's you, James, you actually have these other guys you're with, and you guys are now also packing every time I come around and you guys want to hang out late and go drive around and try and start mess and get in fights, that's when, as a professional athlete, I think I would have to draw the line and say, okay, it's cool to maybe play dominoes and stuff with you, but other than that, like, that, that would have to draw the line. Like, when you're now going around hanging out with gang members and you know what gang members do. I mean, it's different if you're just going home and it's dominoes, we hang out. But when you're actually engaging in criminal activity all the time, that's where I think I would have to draw the line as an athlete. But they were doing the criminal activity when you were growing up with them, see? See what I'm saying? Nothing has changed for them, but you have changed. So what you're saying is, uh, you know, you already knew it was bad, but when you were growing up, it was bad. But you still hung out with them growing up. Now you're saying, you, what, you're a better person than now? No, it's, no, no, it's not that I'm a better person, but when I was growing up, I also didn't have a $25 million contract on the line. So it's not that I'm better. It's just that at that point, when you're older and you're now in the NFL or NBA or whatever, look at what you have to lose by continuing to engage in that. When you're 17, 18, some of them aren't even thinking beyond the next two years. There's even gang, you know, gang members will say, well, I know I'm going to end up dead or in jail. They don't care. So when you're 16, 17, that, that stuff, you're trying to be hard, hang out, 
you're not really looking to your future. But when you're like an adult, you're now a professional athlete, you, you have to start weighing some stuff. And it's not that you're saying you're a better person, but it's just what you have to lose to continue in that lifestyle. Love? No, I'm with you. I mean, life is about growing. You, as, as you're a teenager to, to, a, to a pre-adult, in, in adulthood, you grow. You grow mentally. You grow physically. Now, are we saying, like he just said, I'm not saying you stop playing dominoes and you stop drinking with your boys, but, but that negative activity or that negative environment, like you said, now that you've got that big contract, now it's time to make some changes. You're willing to jeopardize everything you work for because you're trying to keep it real or you're trying to stay in the neighborhood with the boys. If that's the case, then why don't you even set forth the challenge? You know, why did you go to the NBA or go to the NFL or go to MLB? We're not saying change who your friends are or not hang out. We're just saying they should be uplifted, uplifted like you are. They should want more out of life like you did. And if they don't, then you keep them where they are and you do your thing over here and not bring them into your world. Well, that goes to back where I've been preaching all along, that when is your time is your time. And what you were saying, Glove, was I was saying was wearing tattoos, sagging pants. Isn't that when you come home and hang out with your friends, you ain't got to put that suit on to get on the plane to go to a game? That's your time to wear your sagging pants and all that. Isn't that your time? You're absolutely right. When, when you're at home and, and when you're riding in your car and you're in the city, yes, it is. It's your time. But when you're on that NBA clock or that MLB clock or that NFL clock, those that are paying that paycheck and buying that Bentley and buying that $20,000 home, 20,000 square foot home, it's their time. It's, it's nothing wrong with you being yourself. But if you want to still stay in that same mindset that, uh, you know what, I'm going to keep it real at all times, you know, even when I'm going to the to the arena or even, you know, having my boys sitting courtside throwing the gang signs. All right, look, I, I, I'm from San Diego, and I was in San Diego with Kevin Mitchell, and I can tell you all kind of stories about Kevin Mitchell when he played in San Francisco, played with the New York Mets and other teams. You know, he kept it real, but guess what? And he was a batting champion and did all those things, but that keeping it real got him out of baseball. So if you're willing to jeopardize something that you worked for and worked hard for as a child, if you're willing to let your friends and your, and your I don't want to say your criminal activity, but if you don't let your criminal behavior pass, jeopardize your future, then, hey, it is what it is. See? Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, me and Glove on this are, we're definitely on the same side. Where we're not saying you need to cut your friends loose just because you're now, you know, a professional athlete, and it's like, oh, look at me now. No, we're not saying, we're saying if the friends who you're hanging out with, and maybe you've known them all your life, if they're going to risk that NFL contract you have or risk those endorsements, and also risk you going to prison. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, that would, that's what I'm saying. Like, that would have to be the line. Like, I'm not going to prison just for hanging out with my homegirls. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to prison getting locked up in orange jumpsuits and dealing with <laughs> all the stuff that goes on in prison just because I want to hang out with my homegirls. And maybe they're in some gang and they want to throw up signs and try and be hard. Like, I would have to make a decision. It's time to cut them loose. And the reason why we talk about they want to listen to know is because they would say Hernandez, all these gang people that he was hanging with, but 
that could have been seen before. Now that he's in trouble, now they're trying to say all these people ain't right for him. They didn't see that before? You know what I'm saying, guys? Like I said, like I – go ahead, Steve. Oh, yeah, no, I was just saying, you know, maybe before it wasn't to the extent where they, you know, it was to a problem where the New England Patriots didn't realize what they were doing outside of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so those guys have always been there, but now it's coming to light, like, exactly stuff they've been involved in. So they probably saw them. They probably saw his friends after the games or whenever, but now it comes to light, like, those friends Hernandez were with, they're also gang members, and they're also out killing people and trying to bury bodies and all this stuff. So well, I think well, now it's just clear their, their accurate lifestyle. Watch this, see. See, there's no way his teammates didn't know he wasn't hanging around these people. Am I right, Glove? You got to disagree with us. Hey. hey Go ahead, it's Glove. Like this. It's like this. That behavior you don't hide. Exactly. You don't hide that behavior. And if you look at, if you look at what Hernandez went in the draft, his stock dropped because of his activity off the field. He was the projected number one draft pick, and he went in the fourth round. So that should let you know alone that there were things going on that New England knew about, and they were willing to take a risk on him, which they did. It paid off for a year or two. He got signed to the big contract, then everything hit the wall and hit the fan. So now we're having this conversation, but prior to all this, they knew what it, they knew what he was all about. It, it didn't start in college. It didn't start once he got back home and was playing for the Patriots. His behavior was around since he was in high school, and because of his athletic prowess, everybody overlooked it. So now we come what six years, seven years later. Now this dude is up on a murder charge, possibly three murder charges. You're right, Glove, and that's all I want to let you know, Pete. New England knew about that. Like we say, that, that, you can't hide that behavior. There's somebody on that team that knew, you know what I'm saying? And people talk on team. I mean, I'm going to hang out with Glove. He's next to my locker. I'm going to know what he's doing after we get out of football. I mean, go home. There's no way not one of those players did not know. You agree, Glove? I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> there was always somebody negative or something hanging around. You know, if if people didn't hang out with him in their free time, they didn't hang out with him for a reason because of what he was doing, and they didn't agree to it. But but people knew. You know, people I think knew. you know. I think some of his teammates, I can understand. Some of them are saying, "Yes, we saw his friends. We knew they were involved in gangs." But I think some of them may be shocked when they find out he was the one who was shooting people. Like the the other guy that had come out, I think he was in Florida, who said like. Hernandez had shot him. And I think for some of them, for the teammates to say, yes, we knew, but for some, they may be shocked to hear that it wasn't just people he was hanging with. It was him who's actually now pulling out guns and shooting and pulling the trigger. That's a completely different thing. Like, your friends may be involved in stuff, but now you're actually the one shooting. So I think that's when people may be, if they say they're a little shocked, I don't think it's necessarily at who he was hanging with. I think it's to learn he was the one who's actually pulling the trigger in this stuff. Well, guys, we'll take a break. Then we come back, we'll talk about A-Rod. Is that bounty out for A-Rod? Seems like a lot of pictures of people are upset with him because what he did is he won't take the um, suspension. So we'll be right back. We'll see what you guys think about that. 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving back, Loving That Sports Talk. And see you there. Uh, yes, I'm here. See, it's a great feeling to hear Glove real clear on that iPhone. Isn't it, Glove? <laughs> hey, you know what? It's a beautiful thing when my iPhone is working right. You're, you're absolutely right. There's, there's nothing in the world. But if it don't if it don't keep act, acting right, I'm going to go get that old school flip phone like James Loving has. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to go back there, huh, Glove? I'm going to the flea market, and, and I'm going to get a flip phone just like James Loving. Yeah, yeah, you got to because I just got – I was going to get one of those iPhones you had that comes off the truck, the train, where they, they bootleg it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to throw in a couple of bootleg movies, so there you go. Flea market, bootleg, train. <laughs> but, guys, anyway – uh, we're going to get to talk about A-Rod, you know, the picture of Dempster, is that it, Pete? Oh, yeah, Dempster, hmm Hit him with a pitch. You think that's going to continue in the Major League Baseball with all players going to be upset with him? <laughs> Put it this way. <laughs> I, I bet Ryan Dempster, as he goes and, you know, plays other teams in other cities, he'll be getting a lot more high fives from other teams. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I think because of his five-game suspension – other pitchers may be not so quick to do what he did. Plus, I mean, he really threw that ball four times at A-Rod. I mean, so it was clearly, you know, clear that he looked like he was trying to hit him. So other pitchers, you know, you could go inside once or twice, and if they hit him, but I don't think you're going to see 
it's going to be as blatant as what Dempster did because no one wants to get suspended five games and lose all that money. No, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know what? It's one thing to, to make a point, you know, and it's kind of what we were just talking about. But it's the other thing when it comes to that uh, pocketbook. You know, you can, there's a lot of things you're willing to do or let or let be done to you. But when you start messing with a person's money, you know, that's a whole other ballgame. I mean, Burke, you know, people are saying he should just take the suspension and move forward. But we're talking 207 games. You know, we're talking about all the money he's going to lose. Possibly, you know, they'll try to, you know, do something where they can, you know, get the re- remainder of that $80 million or $100 million or something like that that he's owed because he is a two-time seller. You know, he's not lucky like I think it was Burke where he can, you know, take his suspension for the rest of this year and lose $2.3 million or something like that, which we say, wow, he's losing that much. But for the next five years, he's going to make $120 million. So would you rather lose two? And get 120, or be like your boy Rodriguez, and possibly lose 40, 50 million, and possibly 100 and something. So, do you guys think um, Major League Baseball know that all these guys out here? Because normally, if you hit a hit a guy, you don't suspend you like that and that quick, and they just went right ahead. You think um, people are talking? Well, I think I mean they probably had to suspend him that quick, or else it just would have been, um, like Girardi, the, the manager for the Yankees was saying, it would have been open season on A-Rod. Because, I mean, think about it. You have these players who, I'm sure a lot of these players, they're first mad because they know he's cheating. Okay, so some of you, here you are, you're trying to do it right. You're trying to, you know, play baseball the right way. The other players are looking at him thinking, okay, he's getting all these stats, moving up in all these records. He's cheating. So they're probably already mad. Some of these players are mad at him based on his use of steroids. And now you're also, like, telling on your boys, you know, like dropping names. So now I'm sure some of these players, there's two reasons to, like, be hating A-Rod. So I'm sure there's other pitchers who really want to tag him and hit him. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I would think they would have to be pissed now that he's, he's looking as, like, a, uh, you know, he's dropping names. Gave up the names to the um, – when they were looking into the biogenesis stuff. So I'm sure he's hated. And I, I like seeing when they, you know, they show the highlights of the Yankees. Crowds are booing him like crazy. And it's like they should, you know. It's like you do your own thing and you go serve your time or serve your penalty, but don't be dropping names and getting other people involved with your stuff. Glove glove. Hey, I'm with you, Pete. Hey, no one likes a snitch, and, and that's what he is right now. Now that he's been busted not once but twice, you know, and they're trying to – they're not really maxing him, but they're giving him a pretty hefty penalty. Now he thinks, you know, he's going to save face by telling on people, you know what, you've made a bunch of money. Hey, you got that asterisk by your name like my boy Barry Bonds, but guess what? Bonds have never been caught. That's a whole other story. But you got that asterisk by your name like most of the players in the current time who's been hitting the ball out the park. So you know what? It is what it is. Take your fine. Take your penalty. Go overseas somewhere, work out over, over, go work out overseas for the next year or so, and then come back and end your career on a boom. Did Major League Baseball know what was going on? Of course they did, because the people had lost, left the game, the stadiums were empty, so they wanted to bring people back. So they let all this go, and now they're trying to corral it back and 
This is the offset. A Rod being hit by a pitch, and what's going on right now? Hey, P. Paula. Huh? Huh? Can I talk to you for a second? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mentioned thing. you mentioned Barry Bonds. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know where I'm going, right, P? That's the same thing they did with Barry Bonds. They stopped pitching to him, didn't they, P? Because they're like, hey, why let him hit one out? And we know he's still right up, but he needs to run. Am I right, P? Well, no, you're not because what? <laughs> no, what? because I think. Listen, I watched all the Giants games, and I think it was also where people started. They didn't want to pitch to Barry because they also didn't just want him to hit it. They didn't want them being that name put down. He hit this number, whatever, against certain pitcher. So I don't think it was just because oh he's juicing. I don't want. I think it was also let's walk him so he doesn't also do damage to us. You know, in terms of scoring and everything else during that game. So, no, I don't agree with you and think that's why they were pitching the Bonds. I think they didn't want to pitch the Bonds because Bonds was hitting them out. The, the Giants were scoring and people were coming in off of his home run. See, talk about Barry Bonds now. <laughs> come on now. Don't go don't go the glove side. Don't come out of the TV, Caroline. You hear that okay, glove? <laughs> hey, love the the truth. The truth is the truth. I mean, everything she just said so eloquent. Is she's telling the truth? I mean, the year he broke the record. But, but, well, prior to that, Barry Bonds was a fifty home run a year, forty fifty home runs. He had already won that title. He had already won Golden Glove. So it wasn't like he was a scab or a scrub player. Now, when you're talking about the year in question. They had, the man's walks was up double. They walked him more times than the the previous five years. It was double, you know, things like that. His his RBIs was up. Everything was up. So, like she said, they thought they wanted to walk him because they knew if they had to put it over the plate, he was knocking it out the ballpark. Think about it. The year he hit 70-whatever, his walks was almost 120, 130 walks. So just think about it. They would have pitched it to him another third. 30 more times. This dude hit 100 home runs. So that's why they didn't pitch to him. And, you know, I talked about, I think, a couple of weeks ago, Major League Baseball, like right now, I think A-Rod, he ended up home running later on in that game. So right now he is 11 home runs away from Willie Mays. And they're talking about, okay, what's going to happen if he hits that mark? And like we said, I think it might have been a month or so ago, like they're going to have to do something with these guys, not the ones who are just alleged, but where their tests came back positive, like in the history books, like something, there needs to be an asterisk or something. Because Abron is getting ready to, like, go past Willie Mays, and that's supposed to stand and be, like, Major League Baseball history. Like, I, I don't know. They, I just think they have to do something because that's not right. I don't, I don't think he'll be playing. That's why they try to get rid of him. You don't, you think so, well? Well, I think that that's part of the process with what P is just talking about. I don't think they wanted to come to a conclusion where he breaks the record and then they have to deal with it. I think they're trying to get him out before the record's broke. But, okay, even if even if he doesn't pass Willie Mays, like, who's right below him? It's not fair that he's even getting credit for passing the four guys below him. I mean, it's not just looking at Willie Mays' next, but it's like his stats are just like they're, you know, it's like they're fabricated. Because of what he's been doing, I think the one below, the person below him is Craig, is Ken well, Griffey. Well, Pete, I think Glover argue with you with this because 
Love say it's not about hitting the home runs when you're using this stuff, right, Glove? You gotta do that anyway, right? <laughs> not giving, right, Glove? Did he say that? Hey, if you can swing the bats, you can swing the bat. If if steroids make you exactly. home runs, don't you think there will be a whole lot more home run hitters in baseball? Because these guys we see right now that they're busting for whatever reason, these aren't the only guys that was juicing up. More guys were juicing. Pitchers were juicing. Everybody was juicing. That's why the game went as crazy and out of control as it did. So it's not like this you're going to be like 100, 100 batting average and then start taking juice. Next year you're going to hit 300. You have exactly. to be a batter before you take the stuff. So A-Rod was already a batter, right? Well, remember, A-Rod was supposed to be – he was supposed to save baseball. They were pushing A-Rod after Ken Griffey Jr. dropped out. They weren't pushing Barry. They were pushing A-Rod. A-Rod was supposed to be the second coming. He was supposed to be the face of baseball. He was a good-looking guy. You know, Texas gave him all that money, you know, because he was a shortstop and he could swing the bat and do all those things, which he did decent in Texas. But ever since he came to New York, he's been a bum. He hasn't done anything in New York. He signed for that $250 million, and he's been an overpaid, overpriced bum. Okay, but, Glenn, look at it this way, though. This is the way I look at it. I don't, I don't know how that, that whole mechanic thing worked with, if it actually helps them to swing that bat better. But what I do know is, for, but for him taking that stuff, maybe he wouldn't have been, he still would have been out on entry. He wouldn't have been in the health and the, the physical state that he was in from taking that stuff. He wouldn't have been able to get the more practices and all that. And so if he had not been taking that, the question is, would he still be sitting at 649 home runs? And I don't think so. No, oh, I like that. Right. I'm no, just absolutely wait, right. Glove. I like it. Go ahead, glove. Woo. No, you're no what you what you're just saying, you're absolutely uh, right, B. One for P, zero for glove. Go ahead. What what steroids anyway, <laughs> what steroids does for a person's body, it helps you recuperate and recover quicker. You know what I'm saying? So whereas a pitcher, you know, would would have pitched every second or third day, now he could pitch every other day because his his, his recovery time is shorter. Now where you've had an injury, you're coming back from that injury a lot quicker because of the steroids. So when you're talking in that sense, yeah, it helps you recover, helps you recuperate. Where where your muscles and all that are fatigued and tired, you know, they come back a lot quicker. So that's where it helps people swing in the back. Now, if you, if you look from a distance standpoint, you're only going to get another 10 to 20 feet on your ball. So if you're hitting 300, now you'll hit 310, 315, 320. If you're hitting 200, you're not going to hit 300, you know. So it's just the recovery aspect or, or the, the muscle breakdown aspect, I should say. You know, your muscles don't break down as more, plus your recovery is a whole lot faster. So that's why guys who took it or are taking it, they could they could play longer. They could do those double hitters, you know, on the West Coast, fly to the East Coast and do another double hitter a day later or something like that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. And my thing is, the ones who have been found guilty of taking something, their records should not be counting against the players who are trying to do it the right way and not taking anything. It doesn't matter if it's stolen bases. It doesn't matter if it's the number of times you get on base, golden gloves. Like, if you are taking something and they found out, to me, it's cheating. So you should be able to now start breaking all these records in Major League Baseball and the players who are doing it right, like, you're bypassing them. 
So I just, you know, that's the way I look at it. I just think if he if he cheated in any way, his records shouldn't be sticking up the way that they are. Well, guys, we got to take another break. When we come back, did it backfire on the Denver Broncos? You know, they got Bob Miller suspended. You know, they got they didn't want to sign Dumaro. Hey, they got backfire on the um, Broncos now. So we're gonna take a break and the score is one and a half feet, a half glove. We'll be right back. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Well, this is James Loving back with Loving That Sports Talk. And see, while we was on break, you were winning one and a half to a half. But we got to take that half from Glove because he got philosophical on us. What's that word, Pete? Philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a winner in life, Pete, you're really a winner. <laughs> hey, Pete, I didn't get, I didn't get philosophical. I got combobulated. I got, I got hey, hey, Pete, he can get whatever he want, but we know he got what was on there. But, Pete, I'm a winner in life, really, okay? Please believe me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, P, did he get that on us? You brought that word in, P, didn't you? <laughs> P, what'd you say? Yeah, Dr. Love got what? What's that word, P? I said philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> Love, James is killing himself. 
That's all right, Glove. You, you, you keep it together, brother. Keep your composure. I'm gonna even, come in on your defense. Say glove. Yeah. Thanks, you got it, man. Well, if we all winners in life, like Love would say. <laughs> what I was gonna talk about. Oh man, that is messing me all up. Now I'm really just some Bobby you were you were gonna talk about the Denver Broncos. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks, Big. I don't know what we do. Denver Broncos, Ron Miller, been suspended for six games now. Did you hear that little crazy story he told? They had him take a drug test or something like that. He said he tripped in the locker room and spilled the urine. Then he went out to work out, drank a bunch of water, came back. They say, he, you know, that was wrong. What is going on with Broncos? Then they released Dumas. Dumas, what's his name? Dumas. Dumasville. They didn't want to sign him. Say the contract money. Is it is it backfiring on them Broncos guys? Well, wait. I think I think it backfired on Vaughn Miller trying to uh, you know get up on on his test, his urine test. I mean, the first one you spill on your leg, and then the second one you come back to say it was diluted, and it's like, what are you trying to do? I mean, doing all that and get suspended six games and all that money, he's stupid. He's stupid for even doing that. Good. Hey, again, I think it backfired when they signed Peyton Manning as their quarterback, but that's just me personally because I think he's uh, done. But anyway, you know, they, they got rid of their, their sack leader for the last two years and the guy that led the team in tackles. And then they have Doomerville who's, you know, getting busted for drugs, getting arrested for not paying parking tickets. So he seems like he's a young man that's, that's out there lost. So I think their defense is up in shambles right now. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the team reacts, you know, in the first six games without having their sack leader or one of their better other better players on the defense. So, wait, Glove, well, you didn't think that um, Denver should have – for um, Manning? No, I think they had a good – I think their team – remember, here we go back to Tebow. Tebow took him No, to you the can't game. go back to Tebow. Tebow, Tebow won, won the playoff game with him. So when Manning was in Indy at the end of the career with Indy, he didn't do anything. He put up numbers, but he didn't win the playoff game. So now – He's trying to be in a better situation where now he finally has a defense and an offense, but now the defense is, you know, just self-destructing by the day. And so I don't think that offense, you know, is going to hold up without the defense helping them. Well, that's two parts to that, P. I agree with you. I agree with Glove. I thought that was a good pickup for dinner, but why didn't Peyton Manning go to the 49ers, P? He had a chance there. Right, Glove? Well, yeah, because you remember Harbaugh, they found out they had went and worked him out and looked at him. And I just think, I remember when they had, you know, there was all that talk about if we should get Manning. And the thing I was thinking was, okay, he just has these major surgeries. We do not know how he's going to perform. Yes, okay, he's out there showing you he can throw. He's out there doing these drills. But what is he going to look like game time when there's guys rushing him after he gets hit a couple of hard times? So I was actually glad when Harbaugh passed on him because after just that next step, we just didn't know if it was going to be the old Peyton Manning who could throw up and down the field or was that, in, that neck injury going to affect him. 
So you're right. The Niners could have, you know, they worked him out and they could have signed him. But, you know, they just stuck with Alex Smith instead for last year, two years ago. As far as card right, I ain't agreeing with neither one of you guys. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, the reason the Niners really didn't sign him is because Peyton Manning is a hands-on offensive-type guy. He likes to have total control of the offense, and San Francisco wasn't willing to change their offense to suit Peyton. Harbaugh is an attitude guy. He coaches, you know, he coaches, you know, high intensity, quote unquote. So they say. So the friction was he likes to have control over his quarterbacks. That's why, if you look at it, Kaepernick's in there. He's a young guy that's still learning the game, whereas Peyton's a veteran who thinks he knows the game. Because remember all those years in Indy, we didn't even know who the head coach was. We thought Peyton was the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, and the head coach from what all the media was saying. So now here it is. You have a conflict of interest in a head coach and a quarterback being the quarterback wants control, the head coach has control. Denver was willing to let Peyton come in and bring his offense into Denver, and John Fox, the head coach, is willing to sit back and let Peyton do his thing as long as we take him to the promised land. So to this point, everything was good because they made it to the playoffs last year, whatever, whatever. And so now they're expecting big things from Denver, from Peyton this year. But with what's going on with the defense, it's going to be a little suspect. Well, guys, we only got a minute left. I want to thank you for another philosophical program. Right, Pete? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> See, you did call that out. Like, my glove just got philosophical. Didn't you, Pete? <laughs> yeah, I, I call, I, that's what I said to glove. <laughs> well, guys, uh, see you next week. Maybe we come up with another big word. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.